Let's look at what God has to say to us this morning. I want to go to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. And for you all who didn't hear, the name of that, this sermon is Shut the Door. Amen. To shut the door. And I think um, this is a traveling sermon. This is a sermon that you take with you as a preacher when you travel around. Uh, it has a lot of different uh, dynamics to it. But it has two essential points that need to be made and they have a very, very good application in today's life. Second Kings chapter four, verse one through seven says a certain woman, certain woman of the wives, the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. We see a woman is talking to Elisha. And she's telling him she's a widow. She's telling my servant, my husband, your servant, and he probably was a prophet, has died. He's a God-fearing man. And now because uh, I owe the creditors at the door, and they're coming to take my two boys. Keep going. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Uh -huh. Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Uh -huh. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere from all your neighbors empty vessels do not gather just a few and when you have come in you shall shut the door behind you and your sons then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son bring me another vessel and he said to her there is not another vessel so the oil ceased then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. There's a very exciting text buried here in this Old Testament treasure. There are really two powerful lessons in this text. The prophet Elisha had begun to spread his wings and moved out from the, under the shadows of his mentor, Elijah, who had gone on to be with the Lord. I will touch upon one while expounding upon the other. Although both lessons in these short seven verses are worthy of much more time than I'm able to, vote, to, to devote this morning, uh, there's an advantage in looking in the Old Testament to consider the essence of the New Testament message. The Old Testament generally presents the truth in the form of a picture. When we look at the Old Testament in the light of the New Testament, we actually discover the truth in a very clear picture. In our text, we will see the value and the importance of a closed or shut door. We find tucked away in our text a woman in a moment of bereavement. She had recently lost her husband. Not only did she lose her husband, but she had also lost a God-fearing man who understood the importance of placing God in the center of the household. Some would suggest that this man who left behind a family was also a prophet. He had a wife and at least two sons mentioned in the text. So this faithful servant of God had transitioned from labor to reward, leaving behind a wife and two sons. When we read the text, we find out that he had, when he had died, he left his loved ones in a bad financial situation. The widow finds the prophet and cries that the creditors has come. They didn't have a caller ID back then. Then when the creditors call today, we act like we're not at home or we tell the kids not to answer the phone. This woman had a real concern, feared the creditors would take her two sons. Children, especially sons, would be taken from the home to pay off a debt. 
serve as a servants. Sometimes they would be in prison for a period of time until the debt was satisfied. Point being that you were cast into prison for a period of time that would suffice the debt that was owed. So this mother standing before Elisha had a valid and a very real concern for the welfare of her sons. So here we find a widow and a family left in a bad way. Now we find the widow before Elisha with a heartfelt plea. Elijah was somewhat caught off guard by her plea for help. And he responds to her by saying in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 2, as we go back over and look at this. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. What shall I do for thee? Hear with me what the woman's request was. Not asking for $50 to get her over for the day. Not asking for $200 to $300 to give back to you for the next, on the next Friday. Not asking for help for a utility bill. Not asking for help to pay the rent. This family required a means of continued support. Remember the times at the culture of this narrative. Our 21st century thinking says, well, she should have just got up and found a job and support the family if the boys are old enough and put them to work also. The times in the culture dictates that the woman was to remain at home caring for her family. There were no unemployment opportunities for women at this particular point in history. Therefore, her plight was even more difficult. Widows back then then relied upon the charity of the community. Remember in the New Testament, one of the chief complaints of the disciples was that the widows were being neglected. Look at Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. The Hellenists were the Greek-speaking Jews. Let's look, really look into and examine this text. We can feel the compassion of Elisha as he searches for a way to help this woman in her time of need. His initial response seemed somewhat strange at first glance. He was about to reveal to the woman and the living and the loving God, we must understand this morning, God is concerned about our every need. I want you to understand that. God is concerned about our every need. He is concerned about our condition which we are in. The prophet says, I don't know what I can do for you, but I know a man who is able to make a way out of no way. I know a man that can take nothing and make something. Look again at 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 2. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. So the prophet asked this widow, what do you have in the house? She responds, there's nothing left in the house. She probably sold everything she could to pay off the collectors. There was nothing else of value. But don't we do the same things today? We will try everything else before we would try Jesus and come to church. When all else fails, now there's no other alternative but to come to the church. The woman responds, there's nothing in this house but a pot of oil. Most likely it was olive oil. Everything else is gone. Now I'll go and I'll talk to the preacher. Elisha asked what or her what she could do or what could he do for her. 
she shared her predicament and he asked her, tell me what do you have in your house? In other words, Elisha is asking, what type of resources do you have? Her response was very telling. Your servant has nothing there at all except, except a little oil. Isn't that just like us? When we think about our resources, we don't think we have anything to offer others. We don't think that we have anything to give. We sit still in the pews year after year thinking we have nothing to contribute. She said, really, I have nothing, nothing there at all, but nothing except a little oil. That word except is such a big word. I have nothing except. Don't tell me what you don't have. Tell me what you do have. While she thought she had nothing, Elisha saw something. A little jar, jar of oil. It sure didn't seem like much, but it was the key to her solution. To her, one small jar, jar of oil was insignificant. What good could it possibly be to erase the enormous debt that was hanging over her head? God is going to do some miracles, but he wants us to offer what we have. Amen? Mm -hmm. God can actually create something out of nothing. Amen? Amen. Didn't God prove this when he made the foundation of the world? He created the world that way. He stepped out on nothing. Yet very often we read in scriptures, God wants us to offer him what we have. When we do so, we see a miracle. God wants us to exercise faith and participate in his word. He wants us to show our faith. We have to show that we trust God. The woman said, I don't have anything except. She thought that was insignificant what she had. What can God do with just some oil? But we're going to see how my God can take a little and make a lot. Amen. How my God can take something dead and resurrect it. How my God can take something that was meant for bad to be for good. Amen. How my God says all the things that you're going through, all the trials and your tribulations, I'm going to change those all for the good. Amen? Amen? But you have to step out on faith. Amen. We can't complain about what we don't have and overlook the things that we do have. Amen. So, so times, so many times, we're always complaining about what I don't have. Oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. Oh, we used to do this. We used to do that. Things change, but God never changes. Amen? Amen. She is found with this little pot of oil. Elisha knew there was enough for a miracle. Elisha next gives two sets of instructions. Now, this is what we mess up at. This is where we mess up at. When we're told to do something, do we do it? Amen? When we're told to do something, Ryan, do we do it? We complain about this and that, but yet and still, when they ask you, did you do what you were supposed to do? I haven't done that yet. She's complaining to Elisha, they're going to take my babies. I don't have nothing in the house. Only thing I have is a few jars of, jars of oil. I want you to look at the first instruction. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. Now I got to explain this to you. You know how y'all are. It says, go borrow. 
Borrow implies that it's going to be what? Return. Return. Amen. When you get some money from me, I want to know, is this to keep or is to borrow? Because if you borrow it from me, I expect for it to come back. Amen. If you keep it from me, I have to check that off to the game. Amen. But don't call me and tell me you need to borrow and your intent was never to pay it back. Amen. Amen. Go borrow vessels from your neighbors. Need to know that they're not giving you a handout, but a hand up. Amen? Amen. How many times when people ask you for something, they don't want help. They don't want to hit. They don't, they don't want help. They want you to take care of them. I want to borrow it from you. I'm going to give it right back to you. Amen. It's a difference with that. We got to understand as we exegete the scripture, he's showing us he didn't go over there begging. Let me have your pots. You don't have nothing. Do you want my pots too? I want to borrow them. And I want you to have expectation. I'm going to give them back to you. Borrow as many vessels as you can. Take all the empty vessels home with you and fill them up. The logical question was to fill them up with what? Already made the decoration nothing but a little oil. Didn't she say that? This widow woman did not question. She had faith and did not did what the man of God had instructed. I have learned that faith without faith always precedes your miracle. Without faith, there's no miracle. She did not question. She did not ask, how is this possible? Did not analyze the possibility. Walk by faith and not by sight. James chapter 2 and verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Also. So faith without work is what, Brother Taylor? Is dead. Faith without work is dead. Jesus can't do anything for you if you're not willing to do what Jesus instructs you to do in your situation. You can't pray for good results on an exam without studying for it. Amen. You can't pray for good health if you don't do your part. Amen. It all depends on how much you really believe in him. If you truly do, you will do everything that he commands. The first step towards your miracle is faith. We are reminded in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. You can't please him. He didn't say you might be able to please him. He said it is impossible. Without faith, you can't do it. I have to step out on faith. I might not see it, but I have to believe it. I have to live it. I have to show it that I believe what I believe. Amen. I can't say it and not show it. Amen. Tell somebody you love him and don't do something for him. Amen? Amen? Tell them you love him and don't do sacrificial things for him. Amen? Amen? You can tell anybody you love him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This widow did not exercise faith like we do in the 21st century. She knew she stood in need of a blessing. She heard instructions from the man of God. I don't understand Christianity today. First thing they would have done, Elisha would have heard your instructions, but the first thing we would have said, let me go home and think about it. Amen, Brother Copeland. Go find someone to stand in agreement to what I said. I'll borrow pots, but I know that God is not going to do anything about it. Amen? Amen? I'll take the pots home if that's God's will. Well, Elisha would think about it, get back with you and let you know. If God's plan does not work, Elisha, do you think the church can loan me some money? Amen, Brother Copeland. Amen. Amen. We can learn about faith by the actions of the poor widow woman. Let me make my final point. See, I didn't know it was going to be short today. 
If I'd have told you that, then y'all wouldn't have had faith. <laughs> Let me make my final point. Let's consider 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3 through 4. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. I must be honest here at first glance. I didn't quite understand this years ago. I fully understand the miracle of increase. Only God can take a little and make a lot, amen? Amen. When went out, or went on to say, after collecting all the pots and go home, shut the door. I first thought, well, this portion is really not important. The widow had a need. Went to the man of God, acted according to faith, amen? Mm -hmm. God was going to give her a miracle of the increase whether she shut the door or not. The more I allowed the Holy Spirit to deal with me in relation to the text, the more it was revealed to me, or he revealed himself to me. Elisha was on to something here. He was very specific and said, before you can have your miracle, you must shut the door. I want us to look at this again. We have missed out on many blessings and miracles with our name on it because we have failed to understand the principle of shutting the door. My first thought was significance is shutting the door was to exclude interruptions during the, fill, the filling process, which could only be done in God's presence. So my process of thinking was that God wants him to, her to close the door so he can do what he does with only her there. I'm like, okay, now we, we might be on to something. If you're listening, say amen. Amen. But brothers and sisters, it's more to it than that. When our neighbors know that we're in need, when they know that we're going to go through our storm, when they know that it's hard for us to make ends meet, when we finally hear from God and has given us instructions, when we allow our neighbors to talk us out of our blessings, they steal our miracle. Amen. How many times have I taught that? How many times? Well, what do you mean, preacher? I don't know what you're going to do that for. They just doesn't understand or what you're doing doesn't make any sense. Can't you hear the widow woman? As if she had not shut the door, they would have ridiculed her. They would have shamed her. They would have insulted her. They would have questioned her and they would have laughed at her. God tells you, go get your pots. Before you do that, shut the door. Why shut the door? Everybody don't need to know what God is doing with you. That ain't none of their business what God is getting ready to do for you. That's your increase, Ryan. That's your increase, Sam. It ain't mine. We all have our own relationship with God. You got folks right now will tell you, well, you need to ask me. I got You don't have to go through me. You don't even have to go through the preacher. You have to work out your own soul salvation. That's your relationship with God. Now, do you realize that everybody around you know that you're in a bad way? Did anybody come over there knock on the door and say you need something? Do you read that in the scripture? Did you see anybody from the town come and say, well, we're going to bring you some bread. We, gotta, we, 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 we killed a cow. We slaughtered a cow. We're going to bring you a cow. Nobody did anything. He said, no. 
When you've done that, close the door. Too many times we tell folks what's going on in our lives and we know what they do. They talk us out of our blessing. I don't know why you're doing that. I'd have gave up on them. I wouldn't have done that. Sometimes even relationships. You know what? I wouldn't even fool with them no more. That's the reason why you don't have nobody in your family. Why are you going to go work over there? I wouldn't go over there. I wouldn't waste my time. They ain't going to hire you. No, they didn't hire you. But this application here is signed by God. It's a whole different thing here. Close the doors. Stop letting everybody know what's going on in your life. God is showing you what he's telling you is that, you know what, can I trust you with information? Can I trust to bless you? Everything in our life is not always a testimony. Certain things are between me and God. I've known what God has done for me. Ridicule. What y'all taking all those empty pots in the house for? Shame. You don't have nothing in your house anyway. And so, she done lost her husband, now she done lost her mind. Question, what's she gonna be doing with all those empty pots? The only thing she has left in her house is air. And she's going to bottle that up too, amen? <laughs> Everybody is not happy to see you blessed. Amen. If you don't believe that, get you something new. Mm -hmm. Let God bless you with something new. You can sell the ones like, mm, how'd she get that? True colors come out. True spirit comes out. Amen? Amen. Elisha knew what he was doing. He told the widow to go home. There's a miracle with your name on it. All you have to do is shut the door. Sometimes you have to keep your nosy neighbors out. Shut the door. Don't let your family and your friends talk you out of your blessing. Shut the door. Don't think that, you, that everybody understands your business. Shut the door. Some are, we're in bad shape today because we haven't learned to shut the door. Not growing spiritually, shut the door. Some around us have the spirit of God indwelling. Shut the door. Jesus touched on this principle as he preached the great sermon on the mount. Look at Matthew 6 and 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door. Hold on, Gary. We have done what? Shut your door. Not only go in there to pray, but you shut your door. You shut your door. Everybody don't need to know what you're doing. Everybody don't need to know what's going on in there. It's my time of me alone with God. Some of you, that's what you spend. If you spend more time with you and God and stop trying to be with everybody else, you'll be in a better situation. Amen. 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 I always want to hang out. I always want to go by yourself. <laughs> spend time alone. I had a great week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, by myself. Well, with my wife on the side. Didn't do nothing. Ate a hot dog. Amen. Left there and went over there and ate some chicken. Walked around, bought me a tie. That didn't look nice. I felt good spending $20 on myself. Had somebody try to talk me out of it, but you know what? I enjoyed myself. I can't help it because you don't like being with yourself. <laughs> Shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. 
don't need to tell everybody your business. Just tell Jesus and shut the door. When we learn how to shut our door, then our blessings and our miracles come. Some things I can't tell the church, shut the door. Some things I can't tell my wife, shut the door. Some things I can't tell my mom and my dad, shut the door. Some things best friends would not understand, shut the door. I've learned I have to steal away the, and shut the door and have a little talk with Jesus and tell him about my struggles. The only thing we have to do is shut the door. Some of us need to be quiet. Go in a quiet place and spend time with God. Find out why everybody, why nobody like you? Because you won't shut the door. Amen? If you're waiting on a miracle, shut the door. Looking for a blessing, shut the door. Waiting for a word, shut the door. Tell your neighbor, I love you, but I need to shut the door. Situations only God can fix, shut the door. Need God to show up? Shut the door. Need rest and peace of mind? Shut the door. It's time to shut the door on some people in your life so God may bless you. Amen? Amen. It's too much of your business out in the street. Listen, we have to help people from sinning, and you have to help God help you. Our blessings go through God. Through God. It's sad when you don't have anybody that you can be confident in. Us, a lot of people are not good with information. Amen. Your business will be all over Houston County, Anderson County, Harris County, Chambers County, Brazoria County, everywhere. And then you're upset. Why did Because you told them. You know when I came here? It was only a handful of people knew. I told you this morning, when I do something, I make sure that I'm accountable. I did it. Amen. I did it. I'm man enough to sit up there and take my whooping. Who did? I did it. Right, wrong, or indifferent, I did it. So I'm willing, when they said it, I'm just going to throw myself on the mercy, mercy of the court. I did it. Well, the only reason I did it because Ryan said we had to do this. No, I did it. Because I'm doing, I'm driving, I'm doing everything. The prophet talked to the widow told her what to do. She didn't have to go and tell her children. She didn't have to go and tell her neighbors. She just had to do what he told her to do. Amen. And when she shut that door, all those jars start filling up. Filling up more and more. Now faith comes into action. Think about it. I'd have got everything. Hey, you use the bathtub. Let me borrow that bathtub for a minute. We're going to fill this thing up full of oil. You know why? Because I know that God's going to fill it. He's going to give the increase. So the more I show God that I'm willing to accept it, the more he's going to give it to me. When did the blessing stop? When she ran out of jaws. But see, you know why? what's wrong with y'all? Y'all using the wrong jaws. You're bumping your jaws, telling everybody your business when you need to be getting jaws. <laughs> Went over, went over your head. Went over your head. Amen. Let's have faith in what God is saying to us. Amen. Have the faith that the widow had. When God tells us he's going to give us an increase, shut the door. No one needs to know what's going on in your house, but between you and God. Amen. You and God. And let God bless you. Shut the door. If you haven't done that, you get the opportunity to do that. If you want to know why your blessings have stopped, your door is wide open. Close your door. Ask God to help you. 
Ask God to help you with that. No one needs to know what you're doing or why you're doing it. Bring your jar. Bring all the jars you have, you run. And you know what? Let God keep on pouring that all in there. Amen? Yeah. 